Hey friends, it's Fred Greenhalgh, producer here at Realm. A new episode of Ominous Thrill is ready for your ears. It's Advice After Dark. Late night radio host Belladonna delivers extreme advice to the delighted horror of her audience until a creepy listener forces her to confront the brutal consequences of her show. Here's a preview. Welcome to my live stream, Bella. Say hello to everyone. What do you want? Click the link. Watch along. I'm not clicking links from psychos. You put that trash on the radio every night and I'm the psycho. You sound like you need help. I'm not one of your fake callers. My show is very, very real. Do you want to know what it's called? No, I don't. It's called Belladonna Gets What's Coming. Starring you. What? It's really starring me, but it's all about you. And you'd be surprised how many people want to watch you get what's coming. I called the police. They'll be here any minute. Yeah, well, we should be done before they get here. Find Ominous Thrill out now, everywhere you listen. Hi, I'm Susie Singer-Carter. And I'm Don Priest, and we are the creators of I Love Lucifer, the podcast. Before we begin the exciting season finale, we wanted to thank you for immersing yourself in the mad mix of humor and horror of season one. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed making it. And now, enjoy the season finale of I Love Lucifer. The fantasy of their day job turns into a living nightmare when the lines of reality are blurred as two B-movie starlets battle movie monsters by day and real monsters by night. Now, if they could only get along with each other... You bitch! When the cameras stop rolling, the real terror begins... I love Lucifer. Created by Susie Singer-Carter and Don Priest. Episode 10, Season Finale, Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. Directed by Susie Singer-Carter. I'm so glad you've returned, but then I'm not entirely surprised considering the terrifying event that has just occurred. I must say, I do welcome your support whilst I endeavour to determine if my two darling daughters have managed to keep body and soul together, or, oh dear me, brave sausages. Well, if they did indeed transition, at least I will be there as not only a source of great comfort, but a spiritual docent to indoctrinate them into their next exciting adventure. It is bloody brilliant. You see, when we are born, we are substantially limited by the body we inhabit, whilst in death, we again become gloriously unlimited, a fact I can absolutely attest to. As you may recall, I have only just experienced a rather indescribable tour that took me through the entire digestive system of an enraged demon called Typhon. Hey! Don't talk with my mouth full! No matter where you go, there you are! It was as excruciating as it was fascinating and... To my delight, the exit was not entirely unpleasurable. <laughs> That's bloody amazing! 
Notable should you find yourself facing an unforeseen, inevitable ingurgitation by an unreasonable ogre. There's always a silver lining, so to speak, once one embraces their reality, isn't there? <sighs> ah, yes, well, I could go on, but no, I can't. I must attend to the story at hand and remind you of the massive electrical explosion that has only just occurred, blasting Typhon to bits and blowing merry-go-round horses in all different directions, leaving us to wonder what, if anything, we shall find once the debris and shockwaves settle. Wait. I do believe I can hear the sweet sounds of... Holly and Tanya, huddled at the centre of the source of the explosion, relatively unscathed. Extraordinary, aren't they? As the smoke clears. We're alive! Yeah. So are they. Oh. Oh, no. Surrounding them are pieces of Typhon including the ten mouth fingers. Oh, for fuck's sake. Each mouth still alive, twitching and slurping at the air. I'm gonna ask one more time. What kind of demented psychoperp makes up this shit? Come on, Holly. Let's get this pucker party over with. Tanya and Holly get to work, crawling around, kissing every mouth they can find and making them crumble into dirt. I used to like kissing. A lot! From now on, I'll be doing everything but kiss. Pretty woman style. Me too, G. I'm gonna just do everything else. All the things. Are you kidding me? You're an effing virgin? Well, that's it. Last one. Yeah, yeah. But as Tanya turns, she finds it is not at all the last one. She sees Typhon's headless torso twitching as the stumps of its limbs manage to tear off its shirt, revealing a huge diagonal gaping mouth in its chest with flopping tongues, dripping putrid-colored slime. Are you effing? No fucking kidding! Oh, oh, come on. It's not that weird, Tanya. I just haven't met the right guy yet. It's, it's not like I don't want to. I just want it to be special. I know a lot of people have waited, and they say they're so glad they did, because oh that's- Oh my god, what is wrong with her? Shut the fuck up! Holly swings around to find the hideous source of the voice. She and Tanya look at each other, straighten their backs, clench their fists, and approach this final mouth with great determination and even greater disgust. It's all over, demon. Say goodnight. You stupid bitches have ruined it all! <laughs> Everything you know is bullshit! Evil. I mean the really, really shitty, bad, evil masquerades is good! And I was gonna expose it for everyone to see. Oh my god, you're kidding! 
Why didn't you just say that earlier? You think the greatest trick the devil ever played was <laughs> convincing the world he didn't exist? Wrong! The greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing the world there was only one! <laughs> See you in hell! Spare us the hysterectomy onyx! You are pure evil. I am nothing more than the eater of worlds. That's not so evil. Anyway, what are you gonna do about it, cumbuckets? Cumbuckets? There's only one cumbucket here. She's a virgin. Whatever! What are we gonna do about it? We'll tear your soul apart. And with that, the demon-hunting siblings both kiss the writhing, slime-ridden maw for a disgustingly long time. Half of its essence going into Tanya and the other half into Holly. Indeed, tearing its soul apart. Then, it's over. Dudes! 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 Hey. Dudes! Magic 8-Ball! You promised you'd stay in the car! That was freaking epic! That was better than any of your movies! So sick! You guys are freaking badass! No, you're freaking badass! Thanks, Swig. Shig. I know. Come here. What? Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Hug over. Ah, those were the days. We find ourselves a week later in a lovely calf where Tanya and Holly are eating lunch and having a seemingly delightful chinwag. Just taste this. It's amazing. Oh, God. Tastes like I'm eating a lawn. What is that? It's kale and arugula. I literally swear by it. Me too. It tastes like shit. Did you hear that weird sound? No, I didn't hear anything. A faint sound grows louder. That? You don't hear that? You think I'm lying? Wait. Something smells awful. Oh, oh shit. Cut! Great job! Moving on! Well, there it is. Art imitating life, as it were. Ah, <laughs> uh, Hollywood. As the crew scurries to set up the next scene of Holly and Tanya's latest project, a rather beautiful young woman approaches, sporting a headset over her extraordinary red hair. I must say, her lily-white skin and refined features are reminiscent of an English rose. And her voluptuous body is nothing less than captivating. Bloody hell. Holly and Tanya, right? Uh, yeah. Who are you? Lily. I'm taking over for the assistant director, Ridge. Oh, is he all right? That's subjective. What? He's been reassigned, if that's what you're asking. So unless you have more questions, Holly, take ten. Tanya... Ian would like to see you in the effects trailer for your next prosthetic. Oh, and did you ever find your dog? Uh, no. 
I didn't. Mm, bummer. Well, Ian's waiting on you. What was that? I don't know. I don't like her. <laughs> Not to be catty, but her perfume stinks. And again, we take an artistic leap of time and find ourselves proverbial flies on the walls of a makeshift effects trailer where Ian has just finished attaching an oversized alien-looking bloody ear on Tanya. Sorry to hear about Lucy. Uh, I'm really not a dog person, but uh, I would love Lucy. Well then, that's quite an improvement. Huh? Oh, let me see. Jesus, I look hideous. You really do. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, bugger. Don't move. Ian moves in to make an adjustment to the prosthetic while his face is ever so close to Tanya's. So, we're friends again? Oh, you pillock. It wasn't an accident. The night I called you in the car? I know. Just before Ian can pull away, Tanya holds his arms and there is a moment between them. Come on, mate. What are you waiting for? And just as if he could hear my direction, Ian leans in slowly to kiss my sausage. Tanya, we need you back on the set. Lily? Ian instantly retreats from Tanya. And dear me, upon closer look, it appears all the blood has drained from Ian's face, leaving him paler than the rather cool ginger goddess making her way back to the set. You know her? Uh, you better run. Okay. Tanya exits the trailer unnerved by the events that have just occurred, particularly Ian's abrupt about face. But Tanya being Tanya, holds her head high despite the bloody elephantine appliance secured to her own delicate ear and makes her way back to sit. <laughs> Looking for your mom, Dumbo? Cheers, big ears. Yeah, you got <laughs> What I wouldn't do to that log hole. <laughs> Bite me. Tanya strides on with great intent and interrupts Holly and Larry in mid-conversation. <laughs> Who hired Anne Margaret to AD? I don't know, but whoever it was is getting a fucking bonus. Oof. Jesus, that air looks really good. Oh, perfect. I gotta take this. Fuck. Larry finds a discreet spot to speak. He plasters the cell phone to his ear and lowers his voice. Uh, yes. Yes, sir. I know, sir. I'm taking care of that right now. Jesus. You, you need to chill, man. Hello? Hello? Ah, shit. Larry reluctantly makes his way towards Holly and Tanya, barging in on what appears to be a private conversation, but Tanya holds out her hand before Larry can speak. Yep. Never mind the F the position it puts me in. I swear to God, I will never set eyes on him again. Ever. If anyone has Satan's signature on their face, it's her. Just then, a hideous monster suddenly bursts onto the set. It's a demon! Tanya! Oh, come on. Now? Bloody 
hell. The wretch lunges at the sisters, bowling them over and sending them flying in opposite directions. The flat falls on Holly, whilst Tanya is pinned under a light stand. The rotter roars as it turns and faces the crew. Larry, you gotta stop it! What? I don't have any powers. Please, Larry, please! We're separated and powerless! Larry! You gotta kiss it! Are you fucking nuts? Please, Larry! Kiss it! You've got to try! The demon rushes at Larry, giving the sad fuck little choice but to close his eyes and pucker up. He manages to land a kiss on the demon's lips. But the fiend does not fall. Instead, he laughs and begins to speak. Come on, big boy. You can do better than that. Shall we have another go? You can use your tongue this time. Ian! You limey little prick. You are hanging on a thread, asshole. The entire cast and crew in on the joke have a laugh. The only one not laughing is Larry. Yeah, okay. Okay. Funny. Real funny. Back to work. We're making a film, folks. Let's go. Holly, Tanya, can I speak to you? Oh, Larry, it was just a joke. They did it to me, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all good. Funny. No, no, I, I... Look, I haven't had a chance to tell you to, but your contract's been fulfilled. For real. So, back to your normal lives. Capiche? Hmm. No, I swear. I should get a... Larry Steinman should get a face full of wrinkles if I'm lying. Look, I felt terrible about the dangerous mess I got you into, so I pulled every string I could to get you out of it. You are no longer demon hunters. Who's your daddy? Not you. I swear on my mother's life. She's dead. Oh, come on. Listen, Larry, we've been meaning to tell you. What? Well, there's still a lot of demons out there. And together, Tanya and I have the power to protect the world. So we decided we want to be... We need to be. Demon hunters. It's our density. What are you talking about? Density, Larry. Density. Tanya and I were meant for this. Are you out of your freaking minds? That's ludicrous. What about all this? Are you going to just throw your careers away? Why would we do that? Like you said, we battle movie monsters by day. And real monsters at night. You can't write that shit. <laughs> oh, and Larry, we're cutting your commission down to 5% cross the boards. Capiche? You can't do this. Careful, Larry. When you're mad. You get those quotation marks between your eyes. Everyone but the A-team, clear the set. Shit. Moments later, Larry sits inside his parked car in the middle of a heated conversation on his cell phone. Well, this is bullshit. I even went the extra mile. They won't budge. They want to hunt. Nothing I could do. Anyway, I satisfied everything in my contract. Now, I stay young forever. It's really not my problem, amigo. Le contraire, mon frère. But it is. It is your problem. Fix it. Fix this, you prick. 
At that moment, the temperature in the car drops to an unbearable degree. Oh, shit. Larry can feel every one of his muscles tighten until he can barely blink his eyes. What is happening? Even the slightest movement is excruciating. But still, he attempts to look into his rear-view mirror. When he does, instead of his own reflection, he finds the new assistant director, Lily, staring at him through the window. The temperature in the car returns to normal, and Larry rolls down his window. You all right? You look like you just saw a ghost. Well, well, that can't be true, because uh, I'm looking at a bonafide angel. There's a phenomenal sunset about to happen at the Boo. Want to join me? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. Come on! How could I possibly refuse the producer? Smart and beautiful. Hmm, that's novel. Hop in. Then, in a well-rehearsed, cheese-eating surrender monkey move, Larry lowers the convertible top before Lily's sit-upon has actually sat. And the two drive off in the utterly unmistakable twat-mobile. I didn't know Tesla made convertibles. They don't. It's custom. Must be nice. Nah, I'm not rich. Just a poor man with money. Not the same thing. And with a pure, unadulterated sense of entitlement, Larry unceremoniously grabs a hold of Lily's thigh. Oddly enough, Lily doesn't seem to mind. In fact, she places her hand on top of Larry's. <sighs> like they say, money maketh the man in L.A. The coast is so beautiful and so clear. A little bit of heaven, right? Larry's hand inches higher on Lily's thigh. Staring out the window, Lily pulls his hand even higher. Oh, bloody hell. What kind of music do you like, gorgeous? I got anything you want. Oh, I don't know. Barry Manilow? <laughs> Seriously. No, no, no. Neil Sedaka, Solitaire. My favorite. That's fucking funny. N no, Neil Diamond. Come on, are you kidding? That's who my mother used to listen to. Jesus, how old are you? Have you listened to Hot August Night? Lily places Larry's hand firmly on her most private bit. That album makes me so hot. Oh, yeah. Right now it's my favorite. Lily turns towards Larry. Her beautiful face has been replaced by... Oh, darling. What? Ugh. Larry quickly removes his what hand from fuck? his mother's... Ugh. I've missed my little boy. Oh, my God! Stop it! You're dead! Larry! Stop it! Who hurt you, my darling? Shut up! You're dead! Let me make it all better. <laughs> Come on. I just want to love you. Oh my god! Let me love you. What kind of new hell is this? You. Let me make it. I what is happening? You. You're not here. Let Go away. You're dead. You. This is just a panic attack. Breathe. I need a cigarette. I need a cigarette. No, Larry. Have a 
pistachio instead. Now Lily has shapeshifted from Larry's mother Delia to the director, R.B. West, the complete tosser, whom you may remember had quite a negative reaction to Larry's pistachio habit, but was fortunately put out of his misery in a rather violent zombie attack in episode four. Darby, you little fucker, how did you get in here? You're dead too, get the fuck out of here. Just then, the convertible top closes and the car begins to fill with what looks like, yes, it is, pistachio nuts in the shell. Wonderful pistachios are simply snacking done right. As the level of nuts rise, which you may interpret as you will, Larry becomes increasingly distressed. What is happening? I can't move my legs. Jesus, Larry, I'm trying to help you. You don't want to start smoking again. You dumb fuck, we're going to crash. Don't be such a pussy, Larry. Oh. Besides, I'm already dead. The car fills faster and faster until Larry can no longer see where he's going nor take a breath before... Oh, for fuck's sake! Larry's car has flown off the seaside of Pacific Coast Highway onto the beach, rolling over and over while simultaneously discharging a seemingly continuous fusillade of said pistachios that could quite easily be mistaken for machine gun bullets. At last, the car comes to rest in the coastal brush on the bluff, with its headlights pointing down into the sand. I'm alive! I'm alive! The help! silence is broken help by me. the raucous Somebody wailing please, emanating from help! Larry, who has miraculously help! survived help! the nightmare. Help me. Help me. Once help again, me. Lily transforms please. into... Oh, honey, honey, Mama Bear is here. Frankie, shh. Just let me see what I'm working with. What the fuck is happening? Oh, shit, girl, your face. It looks like you've been playing tonsil hockey for a week, bitch. Get away from me. Go back to Relax, the... Relax, honey. You're in good hands. I'm fucking Houdini with a powder puff. Larry struggles Ooh. to get out of the car, but Frankie straddles and pins him with almost me. unbearable weight. Oh, come on. Get off of me! I'm very talented. Lean in, honey. Let Mama make magic. Oh, God. This is rather painful to watch. Poor, pathetic Larry squeezes his eyes shut whilst he carries on whinging and wailing. Get off of me! As rodents stuck in traps are known to do. Get off of me! Good God, open your eyes, Larry. The big bad bear is gone. Lily! Oh my God! What is happening? Are you all right? Me? <laughs> I'm perfect. But you? You better decide whose team you're on. And you better decide fast. Lily exits, leaving the tosser still strapped in the cab of his arse-in-the-air buckled buggy. Larry strains to catch a glance of himself in the mirror. What he sees fills him with fear. His face begins to prove 
before his very now blurry eyes. His hair is thin and grey. His hands have developed bony protrusions, dark spots and deep wrinkles. A tear rolls down his now elder cheek. Larry Steinman. Now you see, mon ami, it is very much your problem, oui? Très bien. Reparleur. Okay, chérie. Fix it. I want to take a second to tell you about a podcast I think you'll really like, Mayday. No one is prepared for disaster. No one knows exactly how they'll react in a plane crash, an earthquake, or when a lone gunman decides to open fire. On Mayday, you'll hear about the people who had to find out, people whose stories deserve to be heard. Join hosts Maya Nalani and Luke Welland as they tell you about extraordinary people who found themselves in extraordinary circumstances. Listen to Mayday wherever you get your podcasts. While Larry is left literally hanging, we return to the set where Lily, the very real karma chameleon, has already returned. She is engaged in a heated standoff between my darling... Tanya! It's Tanya! Not honey, babe, sweetie, and least of all, yo, Thompson! You're not coaching Little League here. This is a movie set. And I'm the star of the movie being made on this set. I'll decide when and if I want to go to special effects. Got it? The only person I will even consider listening to is the one who signs my checks. So I suggest you go find Larry and tell him I need to speak to him like five minutes ago. Go ahead. Go. Holly, my darling, you are a true saint. Oh, well... Go F yourself. Ridge, can you tell Ian that he's needed on the set immediately? Copy that. Despite being relegated to gopher status, the affable lad legs it to the effects trailer. Hey, Ian, they need you on the set, stat. All right, can you tell them I'll be right there, mate? Done and done. Thanks. Inside the trailer, Ian pulls a flask from his kit. He takes a long swig. Before exiting, he stops and takes in his reflection in the mirror mounted above the workbench. He smiles and runs both his hands through his glorious dark hair. He moves in closer and stares deep into his own eyes until they turn a fiery red, followed by hot flames that emerge dancing inside his pupils. He can't help but smile. Oh, mon dieu. You are a handsome devil. Il n'est pas ma jolie. His eyes shift and focus on the little dog, Lucy, who has appeared and is staring intensely into the blazing orbs in the mirror. Lucy growls, then, in what appears to be an act of solidarity, he snarls, revealing vampire-like fangs to the man we have all been led to believe 
is the very lovely Scottish expat, Ianfinity. Well, you are a fierce little fellow. <laughs> Well, he certainly had us stitched up, didn't he? Not for a second did we question why such a massively handsome bastard with his unconsidered, tussled, long black hair in the prime of his life would uproot to Hollywood to find his niche behind the camera in special effects. Until now. Oh, bloody hell. Christ! Oh, how tightly you have had us wound, you prankster, you fraud, you flim-flam man. It seems we have all fallen your victim by not only convincing us you didn't exist, but by convincing us that you are indeed good. Oh, beelzy bub, archfiend, satan, devil, why? What is your plan? And just who is this red-headed seductress lily who whose mere presence causes the blood to drain from your face and pool in other extremities is this a devil put aside for me oh god your fallen angel your anointed cherub your lucifer once the angel of light has stolen my eldest's heart and my youngest's innocence with the haughtiness of his so-called soul. He saw a cottage with a double coach house, a cottage of gentility, and the devil did grin, and his darling sin is pride that apes humility. God, from one father to another, help me protect my angels. Yes, yes. I will. I will await your guidance. Which will come when? Approximately? What's that? Oh, in the season to come. Oh, thank God. And thank you, my faithful friends. We will meet again in the season to come, and then together we will uncover the ungodly truths. Or not. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed the season finale of I Love Lucifer, the podcast. If you did, Please rate, review, and please, please share with other people who you think might enjoy I Love Lucifer. We hope to be able to bring you a season two, so keep following us on social media and let everyone know all about I Love Lucifer, the podcast, so we can bring you an exciting new season. So until then, take care and be safe.